0: Welcome everyone. My name is Dr. Marian Mahad, and this is the Resilient Academic Podcast. Throughout this series, we will be chatting with academics around the world about academic resilience as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. We want to understand what keeps them going, what helps them sustain their work, and most importantly, their conscious commitment to thrive in academia during and beyond the pandemic. This episode, I'm excited to be talking with Dr. Yuhang Rong. Associate Vice President for Global Affairs at the University of Connecticut in the United States. Let's start the interview by you telling us a little bit about yourself, wu
1: Thank you very much, Marianne, for having me on this podcast. And uh, as you said, I work for Global Affairs at the University of Connecticut, uh, which uh, we work with our global partners, not only with universities, but also with nonprofit agencies, government agencies around the world for uh, research, student mobilities, faculty exchange. Uh, we also uh, work with um, the university has the Human Rights Institute and the DOT impact projects. So so we work on all of those uh, activities. And prior to that, and I was the assistant dean for the NEAC School of Education at the university.
0: Thanks, Yu-Heng. Um, To provide us some context, tell us how COVID-19 has impacted uh, the United States. For example, how many positive cases? Did you have a lockdown? What did this entail, et cetera?
1: As you know, United States, unfortunately, had one of the largest cases um, in the world, and um, the death rate is about almost half a million people. Uh, We, of course, had a lockdown, but if you're looking at the lockdowns around the world, especially Melbourne, and uh, our lockdown is not that strict. So people can still go out, people can shop, um, people can exercise. And also, unfortunately, our last uh, administration uh, did not take this very seriously. So the, the message out to the public was this will go away very quickly. And also there is no role modeling about wearing masks. So even the public health professionals are advocating for safety measures, wearing masks in public social distances. There are a lot of resistance at certain areas of the country and also among certain population everywhere. So you will go out and see many people are walking around without masks. And um, also in isolated cases, people wearing masks were harassed by others. But Northeast was a little bit better in that regard. Um, The university went online in March of uh, 2020, so it's been 13 months now. We pretty much, most of courses went online And however, in the fall of 2020, that um, we have some courses offered in person. So students can choose to take some in-person courses and take some online courses. And students can also choose to take entirely online. So residence halls were open uh, to students who need housing on campus. But with the numbers as small, we are able to distance uh, everybody. So, and also if there are cases tested positive, then we can quarantine the residence hall, isolated residence halls instead of a whole campus. So we have been fairly successful. When we opened in September, there will be, there were a couple of weeks that students feel that they they are free and they can do whatever they like. A few numbers came up and the university was very strict and quarantined all these students um, and isolated the residence halls. So we we were very, very good and fortunate that our numbers didn't go up and the spring spring semester um, we had one, at one week we had thirty five cases, and the university again isolated five residence halls, and then um you know, this is past this fourteen days quarantine, so again. We, we have been very lucky because of the measures university has put in place. So I can't claim credit for those. And it is entirely the university uh, student affairs, um, emergency management um, group. They have done a marvelous job in getting that. And and also, as you probably have read on the news, the vaccine distribution in the United States, especially since the Biden administration, has been doing fairly well. So uh, University Yukon Health, our medical school, uh, has been getting allotment of vaccine. So they have provided faculty, staff, and students vaccine now. Um, in the U.S., anybody um, over 16 are eligible for vaccine. So a lot of people that I know, the colleagues and everybody are being vaccinated.
0: Thanks, you, Hank. Um, I'm glad you brought up the impact to students because my next question is, how did the uh, pandemic impact academic work in your university? How about the staff? Were they working from home? What did it mean for individual workload? And how were you and others responding to the pandemic as staff members of the university?
1: Let me just give you a little interesting anecdote. My computer just reminded me that I have not been in the office the other day for over 400 days. So I have been into the office once in a while to get supplies, but I have not worked in the office at all. So my work is pretty pretty much done from home. So are most of my colleagues and the professors are teaching classes online. And it was very interesting to note that before the pandemic, um, everyone was struggling with the concept of teaching university classes online. So sometimes we joke at ourselves and say, overnight university became an online university. And we kind of did because for the spring of 2020, we went online overnight and finished the spring semester entirely online. Now in the fall, we recognize there are many classes we cannot teach it online, such as lab oriented, courses, practicum-oriented courses, um, so we had to take safety measures for them. But largely, a lot of humanities courses, um, even some science courses, engineering courses are delivered entirely online by professors. University has a Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning, and The faculty in that center have done marvelous work during this very challenging time to make sure not only the online courses are delivered, they are delivered with excellence, quality, and innovative teaching skills. And the faculty have also learned teaching online is 10 times more work than teaching in person. It is very challenging. It's a lot of work, but no one really complained. And everyone was working above and beyond very hard. And of course, in order to do so, you can't ignore the immense support from staff for that. And the students, I must say, this is very, very challenging for them. And um, not only everything's going online and also we have students from all over the world. And some students went back to their home country and they're not able to make it back here because of travel restrictions. So they have to take our classes online sometimes with 12 hours time difference. So. They are up all night long taking classes and they go to bed during the day. And the university also innovatively because probably like Melbourne, a lot of our students are from China. And um, so that's our largest international student population. So we teamed up, partnered with two universities in China East China Normal University in Shanghai, as well as one of the U21 members, University of Nottingham, which has a campus in China in Ningbo. So we worked with with those two campuses. So last fall, we had over 430 students studying in person on those campuses, totally immersed with the students their students. So we did this entirely different, differently from the rest of the American universities, because many universities having those kind of study on ground program, uh, but they are mostly island programs. They are grouped together. They're taking the same courses. Our students are taking over 350 courses at those two universities. And all those courses have been vetted by UConn professors.
0: Um, How about the impact to research? How has the COVID-19 pandemic impact um, academic research?
1: I think the faculty has been very resilient in the research area. Um, They of course take safety precautions And uh, most of our cutting edge research labs continued, even though they stopped for a little while last spring, but most of those, they continued. And even when they stopped, the labs will continue to be uh, cared for. So the samples, the data, they were uh, protected. So in terms of top research, I have not heard anything about data loss or research loss. They continued.
0: Um, And And of
1: course, the graduate students, um, they were very vital to support the faculty in those areas.
0: And given that your area is global affairs, being online, has that helped with the you know, collaboration and communication with you know international partners, um, nationally and internationally.
1: Yes, and actually, um, I complained to you once before because sometimes our meetings are one a.m. in the morning, and um, so um, our work I have sometimes found like today, my meetings start from six a.m. And my last meeting today is eight thirty p m six am was again with Australia and New Zealand and uh, eight thirty pm is with china and then during the day we have our normal meetings here with our partners here so it's almost like rolling out of bed and uh, we meet we work and uh, I I do discover the hours is much longer. And then, you know, we go to bed. So before COVID, there are TV commercials from online universities to say, have students say, I never imagined I can go to school in my pajamas. And someday I realized that I'm all dressed up on top, but I am in sweatpants at the bottom for almost a whole day. So um, that's a change.
0: Um, thanks, Hang. That's interesting, the PJs. Um, I think yeah, it You've
1: seen TV commercials that people are putting proper dressed on top and sometimes make fun. There was this TV commercial. This man stands up and suddenly realized that he was in his boxer shorts. shorts.
0: <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen to you, Yuheng.
1: No, 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 it didn't happen to any of us. But, um, you know, it's just a different perspective and make work days a whole lot longer.
0: Yeah. So as an academic, how would you define resilience, Yuheng?
1: I think for me, resilience does not mean that you do the same thing again and, and again, even during a pandemic in a challenging situation. Resilience during the pandemic has taught us resilience is about keeping your eyes on the goal, keeping your eyes on the prize. And you have to be creative, innovative, and adapt to the situation. And um, you can change the way of doing business, but you don't lose your goal. So as earlier I said, we our study abroad model for our students in China, the model is not new. The goal is to keep students, providing them an environment safe and they can study. And we worked with our partner for that. And we vetted all the courses by using the same methods with the support of our faculty. So we were adaptive. We did not do the way conventional teaching of those students did, but we also maintained our academic excellence for those students.
0: Thanks, Hank. Um, And if this is how you define resilience, how resilient have you been during the pandemic? Has this changed?
1: Um, no, because I think If I look at my colleagues at the university from senior leadership to staff, to students, to faculty, I think everyone has a very clear goal. Students are there to learn and to learn how to think critically. And this actually has given them a wonderful opportunity to learn by looking at everybody, their peer, their faculty, what it means to be innovative and creative. And for faculty, they are adapting to an environment, as I mentioned earlier, by going online, something a lot of them never thought they would do. And they have been superbly successful And also for senior leadership, in one way there's originally thinking about various kinds of losses from the pandemic, how we can recoup the losses. And in the end, university find different ways of generating various kinds of revenue and working with different partners to protect our students. So, and I think the way I define the resilience is not just my definition, but it has been clearly exemplified by all the people I work with.
0: Have you been resilient, Yuhei?
1: I would say I've been fairly resilient. But I certainly hope this pandemic will be end soon because I don't know how resilient, how long I can be resilient. But yeah. yes, I think this this expresses the sentiment, I guess, uh, from all of us. I, I think this this is in essence a question about human beings. We are a very resilient species, a year, for us, who are in it, appears to be very long, but the year in the history of human beings of mankind is just a blip mm-hmm. so i'm I'm very confident that you know someday you are tired. You don't know what you how long you can do this anymore. But I think we'll all emerge resilient as ever.
0: Thanks you, Hank. So from your perspective, what factors characterize a resilient academic? I think
1: the definition is about actually more, what do you mean by an academic? Because For me, being an academic, it has to be resilient. Because being an academic, you have to be constantly curious, full of curiosity, and you constantly need to come up with questions to ask yourselves. And that's how research are conducted, whether it's in social science or hard science. A resilient academic to me is almost a redundant phrase. And I think being an academic to self, that means you have to be resilient in order to be a successful academic.
0: If res- being resilient is synonymous to being an academic, what factors characterize an academic?
1: Curiosity. That's the very most important thing about an academic. Academics need to be, first of all, curious. Curious to find answers to the questions that you have, and curious enough to raise questions. Curious enough to think critically. Curious enough to question answers others give you, to the questions that you raise and curious to to question what is truth, what is not true. And I think that in essence defines an academic because if Madame Curie, Albert Einstein, Um, All these famous scientists, if they are not curious and they're not resilient in pursuing the discovery of towards the answers of their question, research questions, we are not going to have the scientific development we're not going to have the philosophical answers to many questions that we have throughout human history.
0: That's a really interesting perspective, Hang. thanks. Um, so how has your current career stage as an established um, scholar and your context um, in Austri- uh, sorry, in the United States, impacted on this concept of a resilient academic?
1: I, I think at my stage of my career, I'm more free to, to take on a path that is less traveled. That means that I have more freedom, I feel, that I don't need to worry about job securities And um, when I make decisions or do things, I have a little bit more risk tolerance than emerging professionals or emerging uh, academics because they have to be concerned about what if I'm not successful. But In the end, I would say, even though I have such a luxury to be a little bit more risk tolerant, but people need to be brave and courageous in taking those risks and really trying to do what they believe is the right thing to do. I, I want to share with you a little story recently that some of our music students um, ask the cellist Yo-Yo Ma and say, what is the best interview techniques as a, as a musician? And um, Yo-Yo Ma said to them, that when you go for a job interview, it is not about you. It is about the employer, about what you can do to meet their needs. Sometimes I think being an academic, we may be thinking a little bit too much about ourselves. We need to be brave enough to say, this is not about me. This is about our students. This is about the pursuit of the research we are doing and why we do what we do. We're not doing this for ourselves. We're doing it for a bigger reason. So if you think before you go to bed every night that you have done what you believe is the right thing for your community, for your institution, for your students, for your research. And you're not doing this for for your promotion. While tenure and promotion may easily come along, but if you don't treat it, this is your ultimate goal, then you will be successful you will be um, a su- successful academic, I think.
0: That's a, that's a very interesting perspective, um, Yuhank. Um, and I'm glad you brought it up because my next question is, does it mean that the COVID-19 pandemic has shifted academic identity? Are we now refocusing what is important? Have our priorities
1: changed? because of the pandemic? I think the COVID should have taught all of us that in the end, we are important enough ourselves, but we are a critical part to the rest of the community. Just like think about the pandemic, right? Um, look at what's happening Uh, in the United States last year. They are irresponsible people. They go out without masks. They don't socially distance. So they have big parties. And those events become super spreaders. So I think the pandemic has taught us something very important not only as academics, but rather as citizens of the community, that we have responsibilities. While we have seen people wanted to live life as what they have always been, even during the pandemic, they walk around without masks, they don't socially distance, and they feel this whole pandemic was just fake news and their events become super spreaders of the disease. And I hope this pandemic has taught people that everybody in this world, we have responsibilities to ourselves, to people around us, to our communities. And academics more so, um, what I should have learned that what we teach and what we research will have impact for our institutions, our students, and our world. And I certainly hope that when we emerge from this pandemic, um, the world will be a better place.
0: Thanks, Yuhang. Um If there was one advice, that you can give to an academic during this, um, during this time, what would it be? Uh,
1: there's an Asian Chinese saying that's, I think, from Tao Te Ching, from Lao Tzu, and um, it says the highest virtue is to be like water. Water flows The water always knows exactly where it wants to go. And no matter what you do, it flows. And it may turn around. If you block the water, water will go around. And water shapes the world. Water does not fight with you. Water nourishes the world. The world cannot live without water and water always gets to where it goes. So one advice I have for academics is if you can live your life like water and live your life in a way so that it's not about you, it's about your contribution to the world and academics will get a whole lot more respect from the community and the world.
0: Thanks, Yuhang. That's a good one to uh, finish off this podcast. Um, I just want to thank you again for your insightful perspective on academic resilience. Your contributions are not only relevant to individual academics, but also valuable to policymakers and institutional leaders. This is Maren Mahat from the Resilient Academic Podcast. I hope you had enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Yuhang Rong Today. Thank you. Thank you
1: very much, Miriam.
0: Thank you, you hang